How are we doing, everyone? Happy Tuesday. Hopefully you guys had a Merry Christmas. Today I have Steve Hegel on with me. He is the president of JustCollegeBasketball.com, JustCollegeLacrosse.com, JustCollegeFootball.com, as well as JustUSSoccer.com. Steve, thanks for taking some time out of your day during the holidays to come on to Final Whistle. Much appreciated. Oh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. No, not a problem. Not at all. So let's let's dive right in. Uh, of course, it's going to going into the new year of 2021. We got the college football playoff semifinals. We have Alabama versus Notre Dame and Ohio State versus Clemson. Let's start off with the Alabama versus Notre Dame matchup first, Steve. The spread is 19 and a half. Is what does Notre Dame have to do to even make this game close? I think they, for number one, they have to play their best game of the season by far. Uh, three times better than they played against Clemson the first time they played them back in early November in South Bend. Uh, but I, I just, I think even with all that, I think they'll be lucky if they, they cover the spread, to be honest. Uh, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be Alabama by several touchdowns going away. Oh, you're breaking my heart as a Notre Dame fan right now. I mean, right. I, I completely understand. I think um, for me personally, just watching them play and how much, how much of a gap there was in that second Clemson matchup. It just goes to show, honestly, I think that first game might have been a fluke, honestly. And there was the debate whether or not Notre Dame or Texas A&M gets in. Well, Alabama had already blown out Texas A&M. Would you have liked to see a Texas A&M rematch, or would you have preferred the Notre Dame game? No, I definitely preferred Notre Dame. I think they earned it throughout the season, even though they played uh, and beat Clemson uh, the first time without when Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence because of the COVID uh, protocols. I still believe that Notre Dame deserved that fourth spot. I, Texas A&M did beat Florida this season, but you saw toward the end of the season, Florida had a bad loss to LSU. So I, I definitely think Notre Dame was deserving of that fourth spot. I just think anybody you threw in there, whether even if it was Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina, you're you're throwing them to the wolves in regards to Alabama. It's, it's just going to be a tough hill to climb. Um, like I said, if they can stay close with Alabama, maybe till halftime, they can probably find a way to stay in it toward the end. But I just think Alabama, if they build a 10 point or more lead by halftime it's it's going to be it's going to be over absolutely i couldn't agree more i think this is more of a test whether or not notre dame can compete in one of these major games more than anything you win or lose just try and make it respectable have a chance maybe going into the fourth third or fourth quarter i think that's what they really need to showcase to give them the warrant of being in the playoff going into yeah, I the, agree. yeah i agree Exactly. And then transitioning into the second playoff, Ohio State versus Clemson. Everyone's been very high strung about Ohio State now getting in. They did end up winning the Big Ten championship. However, they struggled in those two games that they were supposedly supposed to be presumptive favorites against Indiana and Northwestern. Clemson, the return of Trevor Lawrence kind of showcased that they haven't missed a beat whatsoever. Is this game how what do you see this game going, especially Ohio State now having the advantage of playing less games and now the COVID protocol being reduced for the Big Ten so they could have more of their players back this week? I think all those factors help Ohio State uh, mightily, but I just I just see Clemson winning. I think it'll be a close game like it was last year. Um, I just don't see Clemson. I, I mean, I don't see Clemson losing to Ohio State. I, I think it'll be score-wise, it would be like 31-27 Clemson with either Lawrence or one of the receivers or even the defense for Clemson making a big big stand at the end to help to preserve the victory for the Tigers. 
I, I agree. I like Clemson as well. I just, I, I haven't been sold on Justin Fields in these six games that what he showcased. I know COVID's hit the team multiple times, uh, either for the team that they're going to be playing or for them themselves. And Fields has struggled in those two games. He's had multiple interceptions. I, I expect him to probably be – he'll have a decent performance. If He might be trying to come back from a couple-score deficit, I think, personally. Uh, so you have Alabama Clemson in your championship. Who, wh- what do you, what do you see in that matchup and who is your champion? I think Clemson can win. I really do. I mean, they beat them a couple years ago in that championship game out in Santa Clara in the uh, San Francisco 49ers stadium and they beat them, beat them badly. And I, I think, I think Clemson can win. I think as long as Lawrence remains healthy, Trevor Lawrence remains healthy through this semifinal game against Ohio state, um, I think Clemson will win. I think it'll be a shootout. It'll be a great game to watch for all the college football fans, especially after this up and down crazy season with the COVID-19 pandemic. But I, I say Clemson, see Clemson winning with a late score at the end, or like I said, the defense would make a stop, maybe a high scoring game, maybe like 45-42 or along those lines. Hey, I won't be complaining for if, that, if the score is that high and it's a shootout. No problems whatsoever. Defense is optional in the national championship. I agree. <laughs> And then um, before we transition to college basketball, I want to get your take. I felt like this was the year for the t- uh, to potentially test out the eight-team or a, a six-team playoff, expand it a little bit, give Cincinnati, who the AAC, the, a, a group of five team, a chance to say, hey, this is your chance to showcase your ability, whether or not this is warranted to expand the playoff, as well as having Oklahoma, Florida, in the playoff as well based on the college football rankings. Do you think this was the year to test it out? And how do you think it will expand if it does? I don't think this was the year to test it out um, per se. I think they should, they definitely should test it out in the next several years. I think with all the, everything being up and down, I think this year with the COVID pandemic, I think they should, should have waited, of course, like they did a couple years to test it out. But I definitely think they should go to six teams in the very near future. You'll give that first and second place teams that finish number one and number two a bye the first round. And number three would play number six, number four play number five. And then of course the semifinals and the championship. Eventually at that point, if they do that for maybe three to five years and that goes over well, they should move to eight teams and do quarterfinal semifinal champion. I actually like that. I've heard a lot of people trying to expand to 16. I just feel like that just makes it too irrelevant for the, for the players in the regular season. And then you're playing too many games. What do you think about that 16? Yeah, I think 16 is way too many. I think maybe if you're looking down the line, like 10, 15, 20 years from now, maybe you could think about a 16 team playoff. I guess it's, it's, it falls along the lines of college basketball where there's 68 teams in the tournament and pretty much everybody that would have a chance to win the national championship does. Uh, but college football, I just think as long as the bowl, um, the bowl games are in place with a lot of those teams, it would almost be like if they had the 16-team playoff, if you didn't make the playoff, you wouldn't even get a bowl game. So I still think the bowl games are of relevance, and I, I think they should stick to, like I said, moving to six and then possibly eight, even possibly 12 before they go to 16. But I think 16 shouldn't come for a long time. I agree there. Speaking of college basketball, you mentioned it with the college basketball expanding the field of 68. And I know uh, I follow you a lot. You've been posting the how the teams of undefeated keep dwindling down. I think you posted earlier, we're down to roughly 34, 35 teams. And I got to tell you, I mean, Gonzaga is completely on a completely different level at the moment for me. There's a m- huge gap margin between Gonzaga and then there's probably the next five or six teams, including Iowa, Baylor, et cetera. 
Gonzaga's already beaten Iowa. They blew out Virginia this past weekend. Uh, the Baylor game was postponed. We're hoping that game gets rescheduled because I think we, people want to see it, and I think th that's the biggest test for them at the moment. Will anybody beat them this year? Is this Gonzaga's championship to lose? I think they'll win the national championship um, in, you know, assuming it takes place in early April in Indianapolis. <laughs> but, of course, the, that schedule can change due to the COVID pandemic. But I believe they will win the national championship this year. I do think they will suffer one loss somewhere between now and the NCAA tournament. And I think that would be best for them as well. You don't want to go into the NCAA tournament undefeated. You've seen how teams fare in the past, it's, especially in the modern era. 2020, be 2021 a few days is too much pressure. You know, from the media, from the fans, from from everything out in the outside world. This and social media. This isn't like it was 30 years ago, where there's no social media and there's no other detractors. ESPN's not reporting it every day. You saw what happened to the Patriots in the 2008 Super Bowl after they finished 16-0 in the regular season 2007. But yeah, I, I think though they will win the championship. That's my prediction. But I think they're going to lose a game along the way. Um, I'm not going to just guess on the who. Somebody in the West Coast Conference will get them. Will play a really good game. Maybe it could be BYU, San Francisco one night and beat them during the season. You heard that. Gonzaga will lose. They, it will not be perfection. Steve Eagle puts it up, puts it down right now. Mark it. 12, 12 <laughs> Gonzaga will not well, be unbeaten. Well, I will uh, also say if they play if they play Baylor, that could be their chance. I was enlisting that there because I'm not they're not still not sure if they're gonna play that game. Yeah. So that's kind of up in the air still. So and they have to schedule that sooner rather than later, especially with teams all going into their conference schedules as well. Agreed. Um Steve, I know you're also a you're a wooden award voter. So who is your player of the year right now? Right now. I, I would normally take a player from Gonzaga, but they have they have several players that could fit the mold, and I think they're kind of going to each kind of like mark each out other out. Like at the end of the season, like sometimes does on big, on great teams like that. Even though Zion won a couple years ago with R.J. Barrett on the team, I would pick right now. I'd pick uh, Io Desumo from Illinois. I think he's had the best season so far of a you know a top wooden player, and I think the fact that he's carried that team. And they've done as well as they have so far is, is, is because of him. They have a solid team around him, but by far he's been the catalyst for that team this season. So Absolutely. And I've been very high on Illinois on this show mightily. I think they're easily a, a real threat as a lead eight final four team just because of that backcourt alone led by Io DeSomu. Um, for me personally, I actually was going to go with the Gonzaga player. I think Jalen Suggs is the real deal. He'll probably right now he's my idea of the number one pick between him and Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma state, as well as, I mean, Luca Garza, you know, he's going to be, he's going to finish the year averaging like something ridiculous 30 and 12. I think he's averaging 29 and 10 at the moment. What do you, what do you see out of uh, Suggs and Garza that have impressed you so far this year? Suggs is, I was going to pick him for the, for my pick. Like you just asked me about, by I picked IO just because I think Suggs is a really great player. But I said, like I said, the two players, yeah. Chris Burton, Timmy, kind of take up, you know, a lot of the scoring there as well. So that's why I didn't choose him from Gonzaga. As for Garza, he's just automatic, you know, 2010 every night. Um, I just, I don't know. I just think that I, I just chose, I chose Io. I, I think Garza is going to have an excellent season. Um, will the team get to where they want to be? Well, that's, that's, that's still dependent. I watched them play against North Carolina and they, the, they just shot three pointers like they were nothing. They couldn't miss a shot. So yeah. they didn't play a course as well against Gonzaga. Um, so if those if those um, wing players like Bohannon and Weisskamp 
can if they can make shots, I mean they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough out in March. So, yeah, absolutely. And then um, just I want to go into 2020 is about to come to end. We're heading into the new year. What has been your favorite sports moment of 2020? I will have to say my favorite sports moment moment was just um, a couple weeks ago uh, when I watched that crazy Monday night football game between the Browns and the Ravens. Um, that was, that was definitely my crazy, that was definitely my sports moment for 2020. Yeah, that was easily game of the year for me personally. I got to go back to the start, uh, back in July when sports resumed, even though it wasn't the biggest sport MLS started up that first week of July. And it was just like a moment of gratitude, you know, for all sports fans that sports was on their way back. The NBA started up a couple of weeks later. That was definitely my favorite sports moment because I personally thought when we shut down in March, there wouldn't be sports whatsoever. And you you and I were working in the sports journalism field and we thought we may be done for the year to be completely honest. So just having sports back was my favorite sports moment back in July. Um, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. I, the MLS tournament back, the MLS back tournament was great. I mean, it was great to have games on. I think the best thing from the pandemic has been like the weird, the weird timing. Like the games could be on at 10 in the morning or four in the afternoon yeah. or, you know, it seems like there's like no time. Like now college basketball is like, seemed like a daytime in the, on a middle, during the middle of the week, there's games, you know? So, cause without the crowds, you don't have to, you know, cater to the people as much. So it doesn't matter at what time they play the game. Cause there's no, you're not have to worry about the having a full arena or not. So that's another interesting thing that's 2020. You saw, you never would have thought you'd see a Wednesday afternoon football game in the NFL. <laughs> well, this, uh, and they dropped this last week in the NFL that, that this was the first season that there was a game played every day of the week in NFL history because of the Christmas day game of Minnesota, New Orleans playing on that Friday. I just, that's just absurd to me that NFL played a game on every day of the week. You would never expect that to be happening. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that until you just said it. That's that is that is amazing. They played on a Wednesday, and of course, always have Thursday games. They had a couple games on Tuesdays, Mondays, and then Friday, and then they always have the Saturday games. That's that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely absurd. So now to wrap up, I'm gonna uh, Steve. I'm gonna give my lock it in picks for the weekend because I will not, as many of you know, I will not be recording a show on Friday due to it being New Year's. I will be celebrating New Year's with my family, watching college football, hopefully watching Notre Dame pull off a miracle. <laughs> but so I'm going to give my lock it in picks, which are my three college football and three NFL picks. And then you can either just rip them to shreds or give if you have a, a pick that you are a game that you think is going to be really interesting. Throw them in there. All right. So I'm going to okay. start. I'm going to start off. We're going to have the Lockhead Martin Armed Forces Bowl. That's going to be taking place on New Year's Eve. The spread is Tulsa minus two and a half versus Mississippi State. I know Zayvon Collins, the winner of the Bronco Nagurski Rose, the college football's best defensive player, has opted out. But Tulsa at minus two and a half is honestly a stretch. I I love the Golden Hurricanes team. Zach Smith is a is a very good quarterback that people do not give credit for as he's able to he's got the strong arm. It's just limiting the turnovers for him. And Mississippi State, all they do is turn the ball over from the quarterback position. Depending on who it is, it doesn't even matter who's playing quarterback for them. The Mike Leach era of air raid in the SEC has kind of failed to start after blowing out LSU. So that is my first pick. Uh, what do you think of that pick, Steve? I agree with Tulsa on that pick. I agree 100%. I, I don't think 
God only knows what's going to happen with with Mississippi State in that game. They've been so up and down this year. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely go with Tulsa, and I think they'll cover. All right, I'm one for one. That's perfect. So <laughs> transitioning to my next one again, another this game will be taking place on New Year's Day. Actually, I'm taking the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. I got NC State plus two and a half. This is an NC State team against Kentucky, of course, that has flown under the radar this year. They beat Liberty. And Liberty just ended up beating Coastal this past weekend, which was easily the best goal, bowl game so far of the year. And NC State, 8-3, and three, they're 23rd in the country right now. I think people are really put some disrespect on them playing that they have struggled, but they have played three different quarterbacks this year, and they still ended up having eight wins. And Kentucky, I really don't know what you're going to get from the quarterback position. Their offense has been really bad this year. Their defense has been solid but you don't know what you're going to get offensively. Give me NC State plus two and a half. I think NC State's going to win the game outright. So for all you sports bettors out there, NC State wins outright there as well. I would agree with you on that pick as well. I think NC State's going to win that game outright. They might win it going away as well. Um, I, t- Kentucky's had all kinds of problems this year. And, and yeah, I, I'd, I'd be on you with NC State. I'd double that for NC State. Perfect. I'm on fire today. And then my last pick is going to be the Capital One Orange Bowl. I'm taking North Carolina plus seven and a half versus Texas A&M. I know Texas A&M's a bit upset that they didn't get into the college football playoff, and they have the opportunity to showcase that they were good enough by playing North Carolina, the team that really got Notre Dame into the playoff. Many people have argued that North Carolina's vic- the North Carolina win for Notre Dame was the reason that they put them in over Texas A&M. Uh, I like the Tar Heels. I love that offense. I think North Carolina is the real deal next year. They're going to be right there and potentially to be in the college football playoff. I think for them, it's just this game will be a shootout, but I don't think Texas A&M will be able to slow down North Carolina enough to win by over a touchdown. I'm going to say I'm going to go three for three with you on North Carolina for the college football picks. I kind of hesitant on this game in North Carolina for a couple of reasons. I've seen several players, several of their better players opt out to enter the draft. Um, I think they're really going to be the real deal next year. Um, and it kind of worries me in the other, um, other aspect, worries me Texas A&M, how motivated they'll be after not getting into the college football playoff. Will they be motivated just to prove everybody wrong and try to blow North Carolina out because they were mad they didn't get in or will they just kind of take it as another game and just play it just to, just to play it and to get it over with. And I, so, think the res- I think the result of that playoff game the day before may get, may be the fuel to the fire of wh- whether or not they'll show up or not too. You could be you could be you could be right on that as well. Yeah, I but I'll ride with you and I'll take I'll take North Carolina as well. All right, so I'm three for three. That means these three are going to be locks, or all three of them are going to get blown out. So so going <laughs> so transitioning to my NFL games, these three games I have here I think are going to be really interesting. Two of these teams that I've picked have playoff implications on the line. Uh, I have Baltimore minus 11 and a half for Cincinnati. They need to win to get in. So I think Baltimore will handle their business. They've been dominant the past couple weeks after that playing that miracle Monday night football game that Steve mentioned as his moment of the year against Cleveland. So Baltimore minus 11 and a half is my first one. Then secondly, I'm going to transition to Tennessee. They need to win to win the division. Otherwise, they have the chance of falling out entirely with Indianapolis playing Jacksonville this week. Indiana, Tennessee plays minus six and a half versus Houston. Deshaun Watson, there is the potential he will not play after suffering the injury at the end of the Cincinnati game this past weekend. So we don't know whether or not he'll play. Give me Tennessee minus six and a half. A touchdown, I think, is almost a layup there. 
So those are two of my NFL picks for those playoff teams. What do you think there, Steve? Baltimore, I think will definitely cover uh, against Cincinnati. I think they're just going to run the ball to death and just work the clock. Uh, I think the score there probably be like 31 to 10 or something like that. P- people don't remember Baltimore beat Cincinnati when they had Joe Burrow about two months ago, and they only let up a field goal in that game. So Cincinnati without Joe Burrow, I know they've played better in the last couple of games. They did upset the Steelers, but yeah, I see Baltimore covering the spread. Uh, Tennessee, I didn't know. I would have said Houston. Uh, I just think they would have been more fired up after J.J. Watts' uh, impromptu speech after their last that is game. That's true. I like, I like but that. I didn't, I didn't know Deshaun Watson could possibly be out. With him on the possibility, even if he's banged up and he plays, or with him being out, I think Tennessee would definitely cover. Tennessee's motivated. Uh, right now, they need to win that game to possibly win the division or even make the playoffs uh, after their bad loss against the Packers the other night. They're going to be motivated to come and play. I think it'll be a lot of Derrick Henry, and Houston won't really be able to stop it. I, I think Tennessee will cover that six and a half as well. Yep. And then my final pick before I ask Steve my final question uh, I have Las Vegas minus two and a half versus Denver. Las Vegas just got eliminated this past weekend based off of the Ryan Fitzmagic no look throw. That will be in aura in Miami history if they somehow beat Buffalo this weekend to get into the playoffs I like let Vegas for John Gruden they're going to want to finish 500 at eight and eight give me Las Vegas minus two and a half versus Denver Steve what do you think on that one I'll go with you with Las Vegas as well I think I think they have the fact that they can finish 500 uh go into the next season with some momentum I think will help Denver seems like a team that's just kind of just Middling. I was kind of surprised that they already announced that Vic Fangio is coming back. I know Drew Locke was hurt somewhat this year, but I don't know. I, I don't think they've done much in the last couple of years to show to show me that he he should be coming back. But that's their decision, not mine. So, but I will go with the Vegas as well to cover the two and a half. I agree. And then my last question for you, I'm going to throw you a little rapid fire here. So okay. Miami, Baltimore, Tennessee, Indianapolis, and the Browns all have the same record going into this weekend. One team will be out. Who will the team be? I think the Colts, I just think the Colts, uh, they do play Jacksonville, but uh, I, I think Cleveland's going to come up big and win on Sunday against big Pittsburgh. Ben has already been declared out. Okay. So Cleveland's going to win. I think Tennessee's going to roll over Houston, especially if Sean Watson can't play Baltimore will win. Um, and Miami will win as well. Cause Buffalo, I think already has that should have that spot locked up. I don't know if they're going to be playing all their, players as well so uh, I, I would I, I'm, I'm assuming gonna, if Pittsburgh's gonna bench their rest big Ben, I would be shocked if Buffalo doesn't bench Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs yeah I, I I'm one of those people that I, I'll make the statement here and I can make it everywhere I don't believe Philip Rivers is a hall of famer and I I wouldn't trust in him <laughs> to win a game you had to so I'm gonna pick against the Colts so I say the Colts are gonna be the team that's not gonna make it all right so you're here to hear first everyone will win and the Colts will be left out because of tiebreakers well this was another edition of Final Whistle. Steve, I greatly appreciate you taking some time out of your holiday and your week to come on to Final Whistle. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family. Enjoy going into the new year. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Happy New Year to you and all your listeners as well. And um, hope 2021 is uh, gets off to a great start. Absolutely. Hopefully we can do this again soon, Steve. Have a great day, everyone. Enjoy your Final Whistle. You will see your next edition of Final Whistle going in next Tuesday, going into our first edition of 2021. Have a great week.